this is episode um, 112. Oh, snap. Oh, I know what the outro song is going to oh, be. Oh, yeah. Born of Venus in Oh, I think that what... Oh, maybe... I, I couldn't make it out at first, but... Baby, come see me. Yeah. Yeah. With Mace One, oh. rapping in the song. Yeah, Mace. So, Mace. come if you want to. Come if you want and to. Then Ma- and then Mace was like, yo, Diddy, you're talking about all this peace and love, but what about, like, all the money you owe me and... <coughs> a lot of people. Yeah. But... Okay. Talk about starting off with... Because there's a lot to be said there's about a that. Lot. About do, that we don't normally specifically. do events, but... Because I like to, I like our podcast to be like universal. You sure, know? sure. But Marcus, the most important question. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to ask you the actual most important question, but that's for off record. Uh, second, that's for Saturday, and the answer is I do. That's the that that well yeah yeah you're getting by the time this episode airs you will be getting married very yes. soon and I couldn't be happier. Yeah, you're and part of the wedding. Yes, I am. And that makes me really happy. And, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy that you found love. I definitely not, not did. Not even in a hopeless place. Like, <laughs> I mean, you were having a hard time, sure, but, like, y'all... Yeah, by y'all, that point, I was good. Yeah. But I had to get out of the hopeless place yeah, before I... Y'all, y'all compliment each other. Y'all are nice to each other. Like, sure. I see you guys, and y'all are just, like, like, easy. Friends, yeah, no, that's yeah. what uh, I always tell Tam. I'm like, when it comes to relationship stuff, and I'm this is not to judge because there are some people who do function in like fussiness. My parents were kind of like that to to an extent, but what I'm saying is, there's several archetypes you, of sure, relationships. But if you just live your life, it's like paying bills, going to work. That's just basic stuff. Everybody has stuff that they're dealing with in the world, and the world is not kind. So why do you want to come home to even more frustration, struggle, and what? And that doesn't mean, too, because a lot of people push back on this when I say it. You can challenge someone. You can disagree and debate and have all yeah. these kind of things, but it doesn't have to be spiteful and mean and, 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 and hurtful. You, you know what I'm saying? Wait, so that's kind of the... It's that perfect balance, you know? Like, a disagreement doesn't necessarily have to be a fight. I agree. So I'm just saying I'm happy. Yeah, thank you. You know, and... Um, and that actually wasn't the other. That actually wasn't the question. Right. But the the question that that our fans want to know is, Marcus, do you like movies? Yes, I do. This is Zebras in America yeah. podcast about movies, amongst yeah. other things. Episode one one two. Yeah. Um, referencing the great nineties R and B group one twelve and early two thousand and early aughts. The, yeah. the album one peaches and cream. That was two thousand one. Room one one two was a yeah. seminal. R&B classic. They were on the Bad Boy label recently yeah. at the Grammys. Diddy had this whole speech about how how the Grammys needed to do better and hip-hop needed to get more retribution and, and people needed to stop taking advantage of black artists and black music. And, and all of that is true. Yeah, but, and I already know. And but. the next day, Mace, the rapper, pastor, person posted that yeah you're saying that but you really screwed over a lot of artists and and i even last recently tried to buy my masters from you and you said no you said that there was a there was a higher bidder and a higher white european bidder yeah and if you look if you look all right so you have you have um craig mack biggie both passed away you have loon who uh 
Yeah, Loon became religious and got arrested. Shine got religious, got arrested. Black Rob didn't get religious, but got arrested. He got arrested, and now he's paralyzed on half of his body. He got arrested stealing TVs. He had a number one hit and got arrested. Because Diddy would do these things where not only would he he sign artists to seven album deals, he wouldn't let them release stuff that he didn't think was going to be popular right, that would right. mess with his stuff. So he would he would make artists and he would have artists just just shelved and in limbo. Event you know, Locks had a bad deal. Yeah, and then uh, eventually Black Rob put an album out on Duck Down. Which was which was okay, mm-hmm. but he had to go through all of these hoops. Sure. Um, what's his face? G. Depp is in jail oh. because he confessed ha- to a murder. He, he walked himself in. He and walked confessed. in. He on a. Have you ever smoked PCP? No. Well, G. Depp has. <coughs> G. Depp has smoked PCP. That. No, he he was had he had a PCP epiphany, and then told his family like you know I killed this man in the nineties. I got away with it. I will never get caught for it. I need to make right. Yeah. I'm just saying, if you look at the list of people and what their lives are like, you know, I think Diddy has some retribution he needs I do. to do. And there's an interesting sway of things happening because now folks immediately, because people love the dunking on, so people are like, Mace is right, Mace is right, fuck Diddy. And what some artists, uh, former guests of the show, R.A. the Rugged Man, has been having some great threads and combo- convos on his page about how, like, and to some degree, he's kind of right. But he said, you know, it's corny for artists 20-plus years later to come back and say, you still owe me money. Oh, this also, Khalees, like, the day before, came out and was saying how the Neptunes kind of screwed her over. But there's now this thing where it's like, hey, if you're if you're a minor or even a kid and you get screwed, that's one thing. But if, but if you're an adult and you have friends that kind of brought you into the industry, you should know better to get a lawyer. However, let me just finish. There were some very if, predatory languages yeah used yeah. in those things yeah sorry the, no but 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 the thing is though so let's just and that is kind of true so let's take all that out mace addressed that and he said hey look financially i'm great now so this is why i waited to say something i didn't want to come off bitter like you owe me money you do but i don't care now and then i thought it was respectable but take all that stuff out like no matter what going back to literally what you just said minutes ago it's true puffy screwed black artists over. And and it seems like to this day, here here's what's funny. Even well, even though he's kinda of going down a, a, a shitty path, but it's like MGK was super protected, you know, when he was under Diddy's reign. You, you, you know what I'm saying? Now he's yeah. in movies and he's got all these, you know, you know what I'm saying? So And E Ness just yeah. battle raps people. He yeah. made he made a bunch of grown men walk over the Brooklyn Bridge to get That's true. and women to get him cake. I, I will say, but I do believe he, in Ines restoration. is still living off of Ines is one of those few people whose publishing was. I mean, well, according to him, his publishing was good. So good on him if that's true. But yeah, I'm what, just saying, saying. I'd like to, you know, but I'll give him an opportunity to. Uh, that shit nutty. <laughs> it's alright. Give him an opportunity to to see to see where he goes from this because I don't believe in one thing. I believe people like. If someone takes someone to task and give them a chance to respond and see what they do. I agree. And I'm still... I've, I've mentioned that... This was a long time ago that I mentioned this. But while I don't like being in people's pockets, no one's responsible for anyone else. But for years now, about a good two or three years, 
Diddy specifically has been reusing this. It's about preserving our culture, preserving our culture, preserving our culture. So I don't and, know if you remember, you know, a couple years what ago. Is, what is the culture? Hip-hop. Hip-hop culture. And what does hip-hop culture come from? Sedgwick and Cedar in, 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 in the Bronx. If and we're and where does that come from? Well, the Caribbean, what are we, black people, yeah. And where, and, and where does that, where does that come, where does that stem from? Oh, you comes from Africa. Interesting. I thought that's what you were, okay, yeah, just sure. Because, um, you I, had, you had me see a movie. I did, I did. Um, out of Lagos, Nigeria. Yeah. Called The Lost Okoroshi. Yeah. Is that the correct pronunciation? Yep, Lost Okoroshi, yeah. Um, and you said you're friendly with the director? Very friend, yeah, Abba. He's a, he's a big fan of Pillin Empire. He's listened to... So, like, I'll, let me get a little quick backstory. Not a movie, but... I saw this uh, last year at the Toronto Film Festival with friend of the show, former guest, uh, John Cribbs. And we both enjoyed it. I think... I don't want to speak for someone else. I think I enjoyed it more than John, but John did really like it. And then as soon as I got back... As soon as I got out of... Well, my day was done. I got back to my B&B, and I just started tweeting about it. I'm like, yo, this is the most fun... Dude. You'll have it a movie. Yo. It's so random. It's so this. And then I didn't even know who to tag. Like, and let me be clear. Like this, the the filmmaker, he uh, three years ago he had yeah. another film at at, at TIFF. So he's kind of he he's he's got a name, but I didn't know anyone to tag. And the the mm. production company, him, a couple of actors in the movie, found my tweets on Twitter, and then I just they yeah. were just retweeting and retweeting. And I was like, oh, thank, thanks for the love. And I was like, no, it's all genuine. I'm telling no, you, like, it's, it's great. So, and then, but, yeah, so uh, I want to say, so you, through him, got got us a... I can say that, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, got oh, us we a, got it directly from got the a filmmaker. Di- a, screen, a screener directly from the screener. filmmaker. Yeah. Um, I assume the film's going to have a broader release comes sometime out this, this year. year. Yeah. So so this, this movie is a 2020 release, in my opinion. Yeah, of course. And... Um, I was just like, oh, yes. Hell to the yes. No, that's what I'm saying. I, I didn't like this movie, Marcus. Mm-hmm. I love this movie, Marcus. Right, right. The, the like, synth rap. So Yo, so, I so, forgot all about the dude, score. So the score... Especially the all the score, dream sequence. So but maybe we should say what the movie's about first. Okay, so, so loosely, <coughs> loosely, the film... So, uh, Anoka Roshi is a rare type of cer- ceremonial mask of the Igbo people in Nigeria. And the film is about this this guy who's like working a regular job, sort of disenchanted with the modernity of what's going on. He has a wife. He doesn't know what's going on. He's there's, you know, he's disenchanted. There's there's definitely a lackadaisical thing, and then he has these visions of of these masked characters, these dances, and then he kind of becomes a superhero. Yeah. Of of the of the downtrodden. Yeah. And then there's more to it because it's a it's sort of a comedy. Sure. It's super surreal. Yes. Yeah. I would call it. I'd call it a. I'd call it a uh, sci. Uh, what a what are my notes? Um, it's like whatever you'd call Meteor Man is what I'd call this. Interesting. Because there's like serious stuff. There's hilarious stuff. There's weird stuff. So it's like, you know. And technically, it's uh, as I said in my my, my review on Pillin Empire, it is a superhero. No, it's movie, a Nigerian superhero you know? folk story comedy. Yeah, yeah. This dude, this dude. Yeah, gets, you just you just yeah. categorized this it right dude. There. This dude gets the power of of his ancestors and and in comic form and in existential form because there's many threads going through. Yeah. 
tries to make right, but also tries to understand what's going on. Yeah. Now, um, I read in a lot of reviews where like pe people threw around the word Afrofuturism, which I think is a very popular term that people use, but not always, not always correct. Agreed. But I will say, like, I would be remiss to not notice that there was like, whether it was um, explicit or implicit. I hope to have the director on. Yeah. No, there, he'll be on for sure. Definitely, like, there's this sort of like meeting of like. Uh, the art of Ramel Z mixed with like, you know, ancient Nigerian um, mm -hmm. traditions, and and obviously Nigeria is not monolithic, so there's different traditions, different different cultures. So, yeah. did you not get some Ramel Z vibes, especially with some of the not, beats? And, not no, not until you just started saying but this. Think but of even those his suits, outfit, but his outfit, outfit looks like suits. a Ramel Z suit. Yeah, you know Ramel Z, who we've talked about so many times on the show. Yeah. Who is a artist, musician, mythological figure, mythologian? Um, a lot of times gets side note gets gets miscredited because he was he's like an OG. He gets sometimes credited as being from the Bronx, but he's not. He's from Queens. But no, uh, I just had to build. I think he's from the Rockaways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. From there. yeah, and he, you know, not only was he an a seminal rap rapper, he's like one of the original weird rapper guys. Thousand percent. Yeah, and he was also a futurist, and he also was really interesting interested in the interplay of of characterization and fonts as power. Mm -hmm. And he was also a, gra a graffiti writer, and he's in Wild Style and all of that. And he had a show at the Red at Red Bull. At the Red Bull had like a showing of his last year, and I saw Which it three, two three missed. times. Yeah. yeah, I'm not gonna lie to you, man. You fucked up. I know. I know. But he had these suits, which are like very much his own thing, but also draw upon, you know, certain Af African ceremonial suits. And then um, you have, there's an artist named Nick Cave, who's not the musician Nick Cave. There's this oh. artist, Nick Cave, who makes mm -hmm. these things called sound suits, which obviously play on that stuff. Mm -hmm. And so... That's that's the only place where I see Afrofuturism in it. Just that I I saw connections to Ramel Z, but whether that was on purpose or not, I don't know. I you know, right. though I I bet you could do some fire side by sides of the Lost Okoroshi and some of the work of Ramel Z. I'm gonna now, not now that you say that. I've got some good. Uh, I've I've made a couple of good ones, but that one's really. That's re real original. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean the. Yeah. Although, you never know. I Going back to... So, Afrofuturism is definitely, like, a fun term people like to throw around. Right. Sometimes, but he was kind of like... I don't know about the... He's definitely... No, he's not the godfather, but he's a pioneer in Afrofuturism. No, there's a whole generation Ramel, before no, him. No, no, Ramel Z is absolutely an Afrofuturist, as, oh, is, yeah. as is Sun yeah. Ra. I, yeah. I'm saying that this film... That's what I was thinking of, <clears throat> the generation before him. Yeah. This film, I'm not sure, is really a really yeah, applying yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. And and I know I'm just like a white dude from Brooklyn talking all this shit, but I'm just trying to... But that's like a well to dig. There's a lot of sci-fi shorts coming out of the continent of Africa. Right, but also like I could couldn't... Be... And I also couldn't help but think of like some of the lyricists of, Med, of Medhondo or, you know, um, <clears throat> right. certain, certain moments of Tuki Buki. Mm -hmm. But... Uh, the the two big movies that I thought about when seeing this movie are well, can you guess? 
The two big movies. All right, I'm trying to... One, you're going to be okay. like, oh, yeah. And, well, actually three. Let's see. So one, was one of them Black Girl? No. Oh. Um, uh, I can't, uh, I can't think of any. So the first movie I thought about right away, for some reason, was My Brother's Wedding. Oh, alright. Just like relationships and, and the way the characters talk to each other just gave me vibes of, of Charles wow. Burnett's My Brother's Wedding. I don't know why. Yeah, but, I mean, that's, I'm not, that's cool. Um, also I just want to say, like, I was just really entranced by how the the two worlds existed the world like this like when the akura when akuroshis when the dancing happened it felt like a different vibe yeah, than yeah. the other world yeah. and there was like just like really delicate color and celebrational tone yeah and um just like yeah a lot of power and the music was just so fire right and, and uh I really did get like Joe vibes. I got some Boon, uh, Uncle Boon Me vibes. Oh, of course. Okay. See, yeah, I, that course. was the one where I oh, said, that's the one. Yeah. yeah, sure. Cause, because of these, you know, <coughs> like yeah. sort of sci fi folktale films about yeah. family and, and generations and. And to some degree, legacy. when um, our main character first turns into the Lost Okoroshi. And his wife wakes up in bed with him. It's just like a heightened version of when, you know, Boone means um, son comes up the steps as like yeah. the monkey person for the first time. And their response like, whoa, holy shit, what the hell yeah. is going on? So, yeah, 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 yeah. And I, I also think it's really dope that this week there was an excellent episode of Champagne Sharks where they were talking about like Jungian archetypes and shit, talking mm-hmm. about... Um, how people look at masculinity of men of color right now, mm. and they knocked oh, it out of the park. Saying, oh, well, I know what I'm listening to tomorrow. Dude, they knocked it out of the park. So as okay, someone who's like in else. social work school and really, really frustrated with how um, certain populations' masculinity is being, in my, I'm gonna go as far to say attacked, and not, not. Yeah, so not cel- like not thoughtfully celebrated or thoughtfully um, approached. I agree. I always have to say I exactly. I agree with you exactly. I do. I always have to specify. Oh, and I know you. Do, you don't want to be included in this either. But I don't want to come up like a men's rights activist because that because that's a, a lot I'm of the arguments. Not a men's rights no, activist. But we, you could see how someone could easily group us into that. The minute we start saying masculinity is attacked it's like oh here we no, go like I, I will you know. this is what i'm gonna say and i will die on this hill and if someone finds this to be um controversial then i you know i don't really care there is masculinity and toxic masculinity yeah. i believe that toxic masculinity is a problem i believe that there is something amiss with a lot of young men. And there's, you You just look on the internet, you look at red pills, black pills, incels, uh, certain, certain lost souls of Antifa, people on the left and right yeah. that, that are men that don't know, that have, that are accessing their manhood in a toxic way. Now, masculinity 
I don't think inherently is bad. I think I think in 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 us, we have the anima and the animus, the the masculine and the feminine, and having that part of us is okay. Yeah, I agree. You know, I definitely agree. Me, me wanting to be strong physically, but all, is is masculine, but also me wanting to know how to convey myself and use words and talk you talk about my feelings instead of acting out my feelings that's masculinity too Mm -hmm. i'm not like masculinity isn't i'm a man so therefore i'm angry that's toxic yeah i have a problem with toxicity so that's what i'm saying so sometimes and and i do think that that we need to approach and think about who we are as men but that doesn't mean to just like blanketly attack men and blanketly attack masculinity. Of course, no, of course not. So, when Champagne Sharks was was approaching that, because I'm really in social work school, like discussing that and talking about that and being very delicate, and 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 I stand by what I said. But also, if if y'all are listening and have take issue with what I just said, please send an email. I'm more than happy to to. Uh, interface about this idea mm-hmm. and so and then you have this there's a there's a there's a philosopher character in the movie sure yeah who's who's like talking about Jungian archetypes and existential ideas and philosophy and theosophy so I am I, I think I'm doing a pretty good job of connecting all these things of course yeah and you know, I I just listened to like four podcasts about Franz Fanon, who was right. Orfano, um, who was a who was a black psychoanalyst and psychologist and philosopher and writer and. Oh, speaking of him, have you seen Loose yet? No. Oh, yeah, me and oh gosh, that was it was just me and him too, made that went to go see that. But you, do you know the movie I'm talking about? No, Naomi Watts and Tim Roth. Adopt uh, the kid from It Comes at Night and Waves. What? Um, and well, they adopted him a long time ago. He he's he's a senior in high school now, and I and um, Octavia Spencer is this kind of like conservative black teacher, and the kid Luce, uh, he's like the most popular kid in school, but he writes this paper, like praising uh, Franz Fanon. And then it becomes as, this whole thing. As we should. I mean, his writings... Yeah. No, 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 know. but like one particular thing about adopting guerrilla warfare when, when necessary. It, it's this whole thing. Now, the movie is not... It's interesting because me and him too came out of the movie going, I don't know how I felt about that. But we... Neither when, of us... When did it come out? Last year. Late last year. Okay, well, we need to have him on and talk Yeah, about yeah. yeah. N- neither of us... But it, Armand White, it was in his top ten of last interesting. year. Interesting. And I'm not going to totally dismiss it. I think people who absolutely love it or absolutely hate it, that I have a problem with. But I do think it's more bad than good, but it's it's worthy. It's almost worthy of it. It's still worthy of like a two-part episode. Because it has elements of like uh, a soldier story in it. In that you okay. have this one older, somewhat bitter, more conservative black person who has some self-hate issues and doesn't like younger certain types of black people. Ooh, it's on Hulu. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I, so yeah I'd be interested if you saw that. Saskia and yeah. I are going to watch that because we've just, we just been having a really good time. Nice. We have all these subscription services 
And to all the people that may or may not have sent me their passwords to streaming services, I really appreciate you it. On a Disney Plus, do you have one? Uh, no. No. I mean, we're not paying for it, so... Yeah, no. Oh. No. Fair enough. I don't want... No. 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 Not to even steal from Disney? But they don't even have, like... They have... They only have, like, the Disney movies, right? No. Do they have the Fox movies and stuff? They have some... Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's not just Disney. No, no. It's like a whole library. I stuff. mean, I'm not gonna, on record, say... I'm not stealing any subscription services. I've been given access to services legally. Sure. Fair enough. But I've been watching a lot of movies. Uh, Saskia and I watched the documentary Hal about Hal Ashby before we went to right, see right, the right. Yeah. We went to see the Landlord's 35mm restoration oh, of the cool. film form. Oh, that's really cool. But um, I, I sort of, I would really like to do a Hal Ashby episode with you so I don't want to just sure. I don't want to go in but as I've said many times it's a fabulous movie and it's I didn't realize I forgot how how subversive it was thinking about movies I have to go back to rewatch now dude I, I, it's subversive and, and when it this, comes to Hal Ashby in general and like so, I mean he made seven hitters in the 70s and yeah. then got blacklisted and yeah but he made like he was like, boom, 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 yeah. boom, boom. And, like, this movie is even more poignant today than it is then. Mm. The fact that he got to make another movie after it is amazing. And two, it's actually a movie that I think would make for a great remake with the right director and the right neighborhood. Mm -hmm. mm. I know. I know. You're like, what are you talking about? No, whenever people do that, I automatically start recasting the movie in my head. It's just a... Even if it's something I don't want to get made, it's just a thing that I have. It's just a thing and I, I and do. I don't I don't know that it would that it would necessarily even be in New York, you know. Yeah. You, you could definitely do San Francisco, Oakland. No, I, I, I was gonna, I was going to say DC or or Baltimore or Philly, because um, the idea is that you know he the, in the movie Bo Bridges buys a, a tenement in Park Slope for a very small amount of money, hoping to gentrify the neighborhood with a bunch of results but i definitely it was like hard like um to go back to the last okoroshi it was really hard to not be literal watching a movie about masks and not think about fans fan in black black skin white masks so that was just something that was permeating through my thoughts mm -hmm. um sorry i'm saying um more than i'd like to today now the second the the third movie that that I really thought about when seeing this movie is I don't know I don't know if you've seen this movie. Um, it's a 1987 Japanese film called um, Princess from the Moon. No. Really? No. Oh man, by uh, Kim Michikawa. Mm -hmm. So there's a Japanese fairy tale, and basically I call this movie artsy Superman. Mm -hmm. So this this bamboo cutter who who's very sad because he recently lost his daughter he finds a moon baby in uh like a glowing moon baby okay inside a bamboo shoot and raises her as his own mm -hmm. but she grows up really fast mm -hmm. and she gets she's like really beautiful and she kind of looks like their daughter but she's got like eyes and stuff Mm -hmm. Like cool eyes, like eyes are like, oh, what's going on with these eyes? Your eyes yeah. are marbles. Okay. Um, 
One time when I was 17, I told this girl that I thought was really pretty. I was like, you have eyes like marble. She was not impressed. And I, I get it. Um, it's something if, like, and you're like the single-digit age, if you said to a girl, that might work. But high school, yeah. Or like a Michelle Gondry movie or like... Sure. Yeah. Her eyes are marbles. Yeah. And definitely a Michelle Gondry. I just pictured every star of a Michelle Gondry movie saying that in their respect. I just pictured Jim Carrey saying that to Kate Winslet in Eternal Sunshine. Yeah. And, you know, she grows up really fast and everyone loves her and everyone tries to make make her their wife and she's like revered as this sort of demi goddess character because she's a moon person. Mm Mm-hmm. And all the dudes were like, how, yo, how do I, how do I get with you? And she's like, you got to do this crazy thing. And then eventually she's like, nah. So she goes back home to the moon. Oh. I sort of just gave away the movie, but it's two hours long and it's super slow and it's slow sci-fi anime, not anime, uh, Japanese, uh, suburban forest sci-fi from Japan in mm-hmm. 1987, mm-hmm. and it's as glorious as it sounds. So it's like Superman, but with a woman, a girl, and not much action? Yeah. Oh, that sounds that It's sounds awesome. Cool. I'm, it might be on Criterion. Huh. Um, I don't know. Yeah, but it's based off yeah, this folktale called Tales of the Bamboo Cutter. Mm-hmm. But it has loss and intrigue and magic. And I just really like the subtle use of intrigue and magic and motion in The Last Okarishi. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry, I feel like I've talked a lot. What are, some of your, what are some of your thoughts about the movie? What are some of my thoughts? I mean, it's... As of now, I mean, I haven't seen a whole lot. Any, any movie, any 2020 movie I saw last year. But it's definitely... It's currently one of my favorites of, of the year that, thus far. I would put it on my top uh, ten right now. It's also like... Sure, also, sure. I've seen five movies. That's true. Year. I just realized it's like... One of them being yeah. that Tyler Perry monstrosity. Tyler Perry, the Olivia Sayas, which the more I think about oh, it... Oh, has, like, has that come out no, yet? No, that's a 2020 movie. So, I'm yeah, like, you and eh. I... No, no, you and I saw the Olivia Sayas movie. We'll save that. I th- we can do an episode. While that movie, at the end of the day, is kind of eh to me, I have a lot to say about it. And it also ties into... Oh, wait. You have or haven't seen A Hidden Life? I, I forgot. Not yet. Okay, we might have to do a Hidden Life Wasp Network episode because... Okay. There's a big, huge... There's two big, huge similarities. It's like both movies... I'm not, I'll say no more. Oh, Prince, but, um, Princess from the Moon is on the Criterion Collection. Wow, okay. So I recommend to all of you listeners, um, so it's going to be a little while before you get to see The Last Okoroshi, but we've made very careful to not give away too much. Uh, so I, I, I feel like you can listen yeah. to this episode and be cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I highly recommend <laughs> you check out Princess from the Moon. Here's another thing to that. This movie is... Um, there's something to be said about this movie's like practicality when it came to like special effects. The special effects are just kind of done like right then and there. So like when someone in the movie is frozen by the lost Ogoroshi's mm-hmm. powers, they just stay in place. And yeah. like, you know, their arm may move for a second or their leg may move, but it's like But that's okay. It's more than okay. Like like when when you first hear that it's kind of like, "What?" But then when you see it, it's like, "Oh no, this this work because it, it, no, it's, it's, it's almost like a good. throwback. It's, all good. it's like a throwback to like 
old, and I mean this all positively. This is all a compliment. It's like a throwback to like the Adam West Batman. Another, you know, superhero tale where it's like, oh, we have limited access to things. We don't have a huge budget for CGI. So it's like, oh, they have to walk up a wall. Well, they're just going to walk normal and then we're just yeah. going to tilt the frame sideways, make it look like it, it, it's that kind of stuff. And I think that when it's pulled off and executed well, like it is in Lost Garoshi, it's really cool to see that in 2019 uh, or 2020. Um, and it's also, it, this is, it is a Nollywood movie. But it's like maybe one of the best Nollywood movies. And I don't mean it's that Nollywood to shit on... It's Nollywood in that it's a, North, it's a North African film. I don't know. Uh, but, but, but the filmmaking style is very guerrilla. And all the other stuff that I was just saying, where there's like, there's not really a budget for like visual effects and, and, and all that stuff, but they still take the idea of like stunts, visual effects, special effects. They do it in, in a real practical way, but they take it seriously. Where it's like, you know, obviously in this like era of internet nonsense, I mean, there's a whole popular Twitter account with like quarter of a million followers, like essentially making fun of dunking on those two famous not Nollywood guy kids. And that kind of trends to... I don't know to, what you're talking about. And that plays into just how, like, you know, all oh, these Nollywood movies, they look kind of cheap, so let's make fun of it. But sometimes that's not really fair. Sometimes it's like the most creative... It, 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 and, I, and I hate to make... I hate to make this comparison to something white and European because it's good, but it's like, at the same time, why is, like, you know... Celebration or the idiots or Julian Donkey Boy taken so seriously, but then like a Nollywood movie. I mean, I know the answer, but like not Nollywood movies, which are literally dogma films, yeah, and essentially were dogma before dogma existed. And there were, you know, I don't want to go off on that on that much of a tangent, but it's like dogma films get praised for all this creativeness, like under all these like restrictions. But then you have decades and decades of like. Nigerian filmmakers doing true guerrilla style, like, oh, we don't have a dolly, we don't have a crane, well, I'll just hold this camera while yeah. I literally, like, lie on top of a van no, that, that's just, moving to get these yeah, shots, and I, I think, just, I think that, 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 that kind of stuff deserves a little bit more respect. Well, I'm not saying so, that, that they don't deserve respect, I'm just I'm saying, talking to other people. No, okay, because I, I think any filmmakers that rely on creativity and ingenuity should be celebrated. Sure. So and, oh, they aren't always just which ties into another which it's like this kind of the more I think about it the more heartbroken I get where did you read uh, this is like two weeks old at this point two or three weeks but like Shane Carruth is basically just like I'm done I'm out well I think he's going to make sad. one more no but, but still yeah it, yeah he made in a 16 right now as we are right now in a 16 year span he's made two movies both great praised and blah 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 so a guy like that to be so drained and just kind of like, oh, fuck this. It, it is a little heartbreaking. Yeah. Well, also because he, he he's not willing to make uh, make that money movie, you know? Yeah. Yeah. He made... Or if he, he is, made, he want, he doesn't want... He, he'll make the money movie, but he doesn't want to compromise his style. And well, that's then, a huge, like... Well, I mean, he made Primer, headbutt. which is like the most difficult to understand, but still good time yeah. travel movie. Sure. And then he made Upstream Color, which I have so many thoughts about, yeah. and is like a weird, another weird folktale science fiction yeah. music movie. I love that movie so much. That, yeah, it's a really good movie. Um, and that soundtrack, just 
God. And he does the music too. Yeah, he does. Uh, you know, like he killed like, the upstream cover stuff. Yeah, I listened and to like, it. I like listened another to it guy, whose whose oeuvre we're gonna revisit soon. Hal Hartley, who yeah. who does his own music. Yeah. Um, uh, I think because you know you're you're getting married this week, so we might make this episode a little short. Still got some more to. It's funny you say that. I DM. This was years ago. Like when I first got on Twitter, I DM'd uh, Hal Hartley to see what kind of drum machine was used on the Unbelievable Truth soundtrack. I never got a response, but it's like I did narrow it down to a Roland, but I just wasn't sure. And then there was like every once in a while you see these little clips um, of like his home studio when he was living in Berlin. And I tried to get these little glimp, like, you know, he'd be in a studio, like some some special feature, and they would pan around. It's like, oh, what kind of keyboard? Oh, what kind of drum machine are you using? Cause, He's uh, like, oh, what? It's very cool, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I do that whenever artists have, I'm like... I'm big on that, yeah. yeah I want to know. Very much so. I There's a couple uh, guitarists I like who, like, purposely black out all their guitar pedals and stuff. Wow. There was... But think about how DJs used to black out their, yeah, their black out their plates. Yeah, I get very it. Very true. Or white out rather. You know what I mean. Yeah. Th- there was a great document. It keeps well, it might be back on. It keeps getting put on and taken off. There was a really long form cool long BBC documentary made in the mid eighties about Brian Eno. And it was really cool how he just all he had, you know, he had this Yamaha DX seven and he had this huge, like archaic mixing board. And he had a couple little other trinkets. But I was really, I, I I would sometimes watch that just to see like him be in his home studio. I thought it was really cool. And like he's a guy who transitions a lot. He'll go from the analog, then he'll be on to his computer, then he'll have like a million gadgets, yeah. and then he'll be minimal again, then he'll have a bunch of stuff. Brian so, Eno's a, a guy who I really I have I have that. a DX7. Uh-huh. Well, sort of. I have the MIDI version of the DX7. Sure, sure. So it's like, a, it's, it has, I have the module, so I, I connect it to a keyboard and I've scored a bunch of things using it, and yeah. um, what's really remarkable about the DX7 and what Eno brought to that world and why that synthesizer in particular is so popular is because it uses a very strange synthesis called FM synthesis, so it's not, it's not quite digital, it's not quite analog, and you can do some really bizarre, fun things with it. Sure. So when I was doing more score work, I would sometimes just like get lost in using a couple DX7 sounds and like letting them play really long, using guitar pedals through it. And he inspired me, as also did Steve Albini, to use really crappy guitar pedals. To not, mm. I also have very expensive guitar pedals. Right. But here come the Warm Jets, which has the best guitar sound I've ever heard in my life. Mm-hmm. This is my opinion. Mm. Um, I looked it up and it's just like he just found a really weird fuzz guitar pedal that no one's ever heard of and played it played played it twice so it has this sort of phase sort of vibe to it mm-hmm. um, so I really I really like that and I also just want to say that uh, Mr. Bartlam knows who the real sandwich champ is and that's me and I had uh, peanuts and coke the other day. It is bomb, but only do that if you're having a cardio or gym day because it's a lot of calories. And I want. And speaking of sandwiches, you ever been to Lewis's lunch in New Haven? No. So they claim that they that they invented the hamburger sandwich. And Connecticut claims a lot of stuff. 
And what's really funny is <laughs> is the term hamburger sandwich makes my partner want to kill me. There's something about that stuff. No, like, it's a little weird sounding. Like, oh, yeah. just give me a hamburger sandwich. Yeah, no, yeah, it's annoying. Like, yeah. I will... Maybe because it's old. Maybe back in the day, people just use like a fork and a no, knife to eat well, the patty. No, it was like no, oh, Salisbury, no, Salisbury steak. steak. No, because that the hamburger sandwich at Lewis's lunch is is beef with like a cheese spread on bread, not on a bun. So it's like a sandwich. Uh, oh, 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 oh! So I mean, minus the cheese, that sounds really good. I want to. No, it is good. Right uh, so, what's your what's your closing thoughts on? Last Okoroshi. Uh, I stand every positive thing I've said about. I stand by. It's one of those things where I'm reverting back to the review that I wrote on Pillin Empire, and it's that like, if you like, you know, Meteor Man or Adult Swim or Black Panther, or all of those things, th- there's something in this movie for everyone. Like you'll you'll enjoy, and it's also like you know, barely eighty minutes long too. Yeah, it's easy. Um, yeah, it's like an easy watch, and it's one of those things where. Um, no, I guess I was just about to repeat myself. It's just a really good movie. Yeah, and I just think you guys should watch it and enjoy episode 1112. And Marcus, congratulations on getting married. Thanks, man. Awesome. The notorious just please us with your lyrical thesis. We just chillin', milk 'em, top billin', silkin', pure linen, me and little seeds, Malibu sea breeze, dawn peas, palm trees, cats named Pablo and milked out Diablo. The williest, what? Be the silliest. The more I, the smaller the silliest. Room 112, where the players dwell, and stash more cash than Bert Fidel. Inhale, make you feel good like Tony, Tony, Tony. Pick up in your middle like Moni. Yeah. Yeah. She don't know me, but she's setting up. Yeah. yeah. Try to style sliding off with a homie. Yeah. yeah. Escada, da, 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 player, stays clergy. Game so tight, they call it version.
I told you that we 